So welcome to another mini Is That What I Call Music podcast. We are back with the Now Trivia Box. So we've got some more dumb questions to ask one another <laughs> as a stupid pretext for talking about pop music. Yep. I will once again go first. Right. So David, yes. which song by Amy Winehouse was a fourth <laughs> consecutive single to chart in the UK Top 40? I do have an ABC here, oh, but yeah. if you want to guess. Uh, yeah, because I remember various songs, but the order of release. <laughs> okay, so the answer... The, the potential answers are A, Back to Black, B, Valerie, or C, Tears Dry on Their Own. And we're looking for the fourth consecutive top 40 hit. Maybe Valerie? Unfortunately, no. It's C, Tears Dry on Their Own, uh. which is, to be fair, the most obscure of those three songs. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I just assumed Valerie a was a thing. slightly later one. That I, th- I seem to remember that was a release post all the Back to Black stuff. Oh, maybe. I could be wrong. Uh, we can look that up if yeah. we give the song a quick listen in a sec. There is a factoid, though, first. Oh, yeah. uh, the track Tears Dry on Their Own from the album Back to Black samples the backing music for Marvin Gaye's 1967 hit Ain't No Music High Enough mm. because Mark Ronson can't be bothered to write his own songs. <laughs> News flash. <laughs> so let's listen to a little bit of it. It's my responsibility. You don't own nothing to me but to walk away. I have no progressivity. He walks away. The sun goes down. He takes the day but I'm grown. And in your way in this blue shade my tears dry on their own. I don't understand do I stress the man? Okay, so we've listened to Tears Dry on the Rain. We've discovered that it actually came out after Valerie, and Valerie yeah. was a bit before Back to Black, I think. I'm not entirely oh, sure. Oh, but it seemed practically around the same time. Yeah, well, they, they both came out in late 2007. Seven, yeah. Um, yeah, it was the, the fourth single of Back to Black, so that's an interesting realisation then that this really, well, I, I, not a realisation, it was obvious mm-hmm. that Back to Back propelled was, her yeah, into even big It was fan. a massive album, yeah. But it's kind of interesting for me because I really, I really liked Frank, the mm. album before this, and I didn't realise that it hadn't been a hit, really. Yeah, looking yeah, at the sort the... of single charts here, Stronger Than Me, which is a song which I fight someone for if they said it wasn't great it got to number 71 so. yeah and I, I i think she was kind of a bit more on the periphery that i think frank mm. frank obviously got attention but at the same I time i remember first reading about her in a jazz magazine like <laughs> even really? before then she she was a phenomenon um mm. a, a, Everyone, I think, in the music world at the time knew who she was, but she only yeah. had made that breakthrough when she hooked up with the ever-tedious Mark Ronson. And if anyone, I guess, was going to do that kind of 60s sounds vocally, you'd want Amy Winehouse to be doing it. Oh, yeah. Because she was probably the best uh, her vocals pop fantastic. vocalist of yeah, her generation, yeah. um, give or take her inability to not spiral into self-destruction because mm. <laughs> um, yeah obviously some of her later live performances were famously well not examples of great yeah and vocal uh, performances it, but, i um, think if you want to know about the sort of tragedy of amy house watch the documentary amy because yeah. it's amazing because it, it just delves into her character and it's 
too easy, I guess, to romanticize the, mm. the things like listening to her sing. There's so much sort of emotion and raw yeah. vulnerability mm. in her voice. It's hard to tell how much of that is sort of reading the tragedy of her life into it in retrospect. Yeah, which is too easy to do (laughs) yeah but it's the actual documentary itself it sort of looks at all that kind of stuff which when you listen now you can't help but hear in the music and it brings it all out in very explicit terms yeah what a clusterfuck her life and her relationships were and like it's quite a sensitively done documentary as well like it doesn't sort of blame her or anything maybe her dad uh yeah and various people around her in fact but yeah it's a very good documentary and it's worth watching if you're interested in the practical horror story that was her eventual decline and demise yeah um, and i think uh, like i say I eventual but it was very quick but, obviously in a yeah sense. and i remember uh, it yeah i remember it really hit me when she died i think just because obviously i'm only a couple of years older but i'd always known her as being about the same age as me so yeah i think that i think it was the first time i remember someone mm. or a musician who is about my age dying. yeah yeah Possibly. Um, I don't know if it necessarily registered in the same way for me. And I think that's partly because I really didn't like this kind of era of back to black stuff. It feels too much like a pastiche to enjoy it. So I'd sort of, she dropped off my, not off my radar, because I know she was just a tabloid celebrity by the time she died mm. for me, which is a shame because when you do go back and listen to even the back to black stuff, because her vocal performance is still magnificent. It's just musically, it doesn't interest me. But especially going back to Frank, it's like, oh shit. That's when, and watching that documentary, that's when the tragedy of it really sort of kicks in for me. But yeah, yeah, because towards the end of her life. What's the other guy still alive? Pete Doherty. Her mm. and him were just going through these drug tragedies at the time and people were just eating it up as entertainment. Yeah, and it's and a it's... particularly um, dark. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of Amy, the film, that's dark. But I seem to remember there's this bit where there's just a montage of, say, various like comedians on panel shows doing mm. like pot shot yeah. jokes at her. And, and, and the, the, this culture of that was just... It, I mean, obviously, since her death, it makes those clips mm. all the darker, but... And this is it, isn't it? Like, I don't know. But uh, yes, I, say, you, I was going to say, maybe it's just recasting something again in light of the tragedy which followed. But mm. if you think about it at the time, Pete Doherty was kind of a joke, but he wasn't picked on in any way near the same oh, way no, as Amy no. Winehouse was. So it is just an awful sexist society going, look at the woman, she's not, she's failing, ha 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 ha. And it's just, yeah. Everyone thing about that but this is what i mean about sort of at the time i'd, I'd sort of blacked it out of my conscience because i didn't want any part of this nonsense mm. you know I, I don't want that to sound like um moralizing because it was to the point where like i say after, when she died it didn't really affect me i just didn't care anymore mm. it was a sort of emotional numbness to it all uh, but yeah like it, like i say with the documentary which humanized her again and listening to her actual music which humanizes her even more because she mm. puts so much of herself out there it is awful yeah and and tragic and terrible it's not really what i sort of hoped we were gonna be talking. <laughs> i was well, having a, you know, you know just jazzy I, fun i guess but, i guess it's hard hard to talk well, about it, it overshadows her music to someone because she was like we say a great great vocalist mm. and i think frank is a really good album and even though i'm not as into back to black that's nothing to do with her the actual songs themselves <laughs> are still very good like the lyrics are great it's a production the vocal basically. performance is great but yeah the music is just flat to me but yeah amy winehouse is not to blame for that uh, no. and 
I was going to say I don't resent her success of the time, but maybe if she hadn't been that successful, it wouldn't have uh, overwhelmed her so much, or other people wouldn't have overwhelmed oh, her so much. Yeah. Again, I don't um, want to blame her in this because she was exploited and abused, and um, that, that ain't right. No. On on which note, let's move on. Now, Hail and Pace uh, had a number one hit with what? In 1991, I don't know who Hale and Pace are, and is I find an this option? incredible. So, um, they it, hit... it, it sounds more like a comedy duo than a pop. It, thing. it is like so, and large. Um, so I say it's it's a song called The Stonk, uh, okay. which I remember very well. <laughs> now, uh, what I'm particularly intrigued to do is because I'd found out just before we started recording this that so you're generally unfamiliar with uh, Hale and Pace. Yeah. So uh, this is you currently being unfamiliar I'm very skeptical especially because I, I think I thought it was a pop band to begin with because of Hue and Cry basically <laughs> but like yeah, if okay. I thought oh shit it sounds like an 80s comedy duo yeah um, it's uh, very um, much so now I'm imagining it's going to be one of the worst novelty songs I've ever heard in my life <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay okay well I'm prepared I'm, intrig- I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to your reaction when okay. we resume recording afterwards. well let's give it a quick listen okay So now you've experienced yeah, some I, I Hail and know Pace. What that was? <laughs> it might be the worst song I've ever heard. Yeah, it's not good because I've come across Americans before who have come across British charity single things and go, mm. "What? What's wrong with you? Why <laughs> do you buy these yeah. things?" <laughs> and it is just for charity, right? Because this, yeah. this, this sold a hundred, made a hundred thousand pounds for um comic relief. Mm. And I remember, I mean, obviously, like part of the question was it was a number one, but yeah, I remember hearing this an awful lot but then <laughs> fair enough yeah it's 91 um, so i'd been five when this came out yeah. i guess um and it, it has not registered in my memory and i don't <laughs> even though hail and pace apparently were on tally until 1998 like i we watched a couple of sketches of theirs yeah they're basically a combination of broad visual puns set to music and slightly racist slash sexist slash homophobic pretty much yeah and it's but i think helen based on this weird thing where i mean obviously they were seen as big enough to do a comic Mm. relief single so they were quite big for a few years well there's got lots um, of very more famous people in the video for this like uh rowan atkinson as mr bean and brian may but it's one of those um classic things where they yeah they were big i don't know for a few years or so mainly in the early 90s and then they wouldn't you'd never really see them again and it's a classic no. thing of how dated yeah. their comedy clearly but is that's that's what i mean though like I, I remember like little and large and stuff mm. so i remember other comedy acts of the same kind of era yeah and yeah these guys have just i guess disappeared it looks like they started out as a sort of comedy band in the 70s so it kind of makes sense that mm. they came back around to it for this and i don't know how much they like one of us sketches we watched was called the northern Clipso. so i'm guessing that music and songs was part of the show mm. if you recall yeah possibly um, <laughs> but it wasn't funny yeah the northern clip so to be fair was at least a better song than the stonk which is just unbearably awful yeah 
It's there's no redeeming qualities to it. It's stupid. It's simple, and it's not good music. See, I remember liking it when I was seven, but I don't okay. think that's really a review of. Uh, mm. It's clearly awful. So you know, I don't know if me liking it when I was seven is a particularly good <laughs> See review. Your quality, because we were looking through sort of a list of uh, comedy comic relief songs, charity yeah. songs, yeah. and you say you weren't familiar either with um, the one two years after this, which is an original one as well. Right, said Fred. No, it's but that is that one like a comedy song then or? Uh, yeah, it was yeah. again a kind of comedy thing. Again, featuring lots of in a similar way to this one cameos from various celebrities that you okay. kind of imagine being involved with comedy. Yeah, it's so, yeah. essentially right said Fred. I'm just here and, looking at the sort of list of official charts. Uh, I think it probably was officially right said Fred, but I yeah. See, yeah, I, I do think, like the fact that most of these ones we're mentioning are in the bottom few. Hail and Pace, to be fair, is the thirteenth biggest selling comic relief single of all time. So that's out of how many. Many I mean, it's the bottom half. It's 20 okay. out of 21. But it's like not quite so low as Wright said, Fred stick it out at number 18. Wow. Uh, or we've got things like Pet Shop Boys and Absolutely Fabulous at number 19. Oh, the lowest yeah. selling is Susan Boyle and Geraldine McQueen. I know him so well. Oh, I don't know who Geraldine McQueen is. I do, sadly. Oh, okay, um, so. I believe uh, she is a comic character by Peter Kay. Uh, oh, oh, th- okay. I think he did some pastiche of X Factor or Pop Idol or one of those things, and he did a couple of songs on that premise. You're not missing much, I can safely say, if uh, you're unfamiliar. No, yeah. Mm. But again, there's like, as a musician at House Fair, at least. Whereas this one, it sounds sort of like an amateur comedy song. Like, it would make sense if it was just like an interlude on their show or whatever. Mm. Maybe it was. Did they do a comic do honest- relief special? Don't know. It's not good. <laughs> I'll never want to hear it again. No. And I'll be happy if I never well, think you know, about Hail and Pace. We might uh, get to a now that, because uh, this is on a now. Yeah, and, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of now albums. <laughs> <laughs> You're just hoping that uh, the statistic. <laughs> We've already done one from 1991 you know. and it wasn't on there. And it would seem kind of insane to revisit 1991 just for the sake well, of talking indeed. about the stonk a second I've got time. A it might even be now 19. It's something like that that this is on. <laughs> yeah. So let's hope that we don't have to talk about Hail and Pace any time again in the near future. I think that's what most people think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I'll be glad to <laughs> stop talking about them now. Yeah. In fact, if unless there's anything else you really wanted to add on this. Uh, not really. Nah. No. Okay. Well, goodbye, Helen Pace. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck <laughs> your stupid comedy. Fuck your stupid song. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Is That What I Call Music? If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us at davidband at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at at nowmusicpod.